I'm Anwar. And I'm Fairlith. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Discast. Hello, Anwar. Hi, Fairlith. I can't tell you how much I've been looking forward to this episode. I've been looking forward to watching this movie. I didn't watch it early because I was so excited to talk about it with you. It's <laughs> going to be a good day. Yes, it is. Uh, this is this is quite a very this is quite a fun movie. I I really enjoy Ichabod and Mr. Toad, and it's funny because you it I don't know. It's just it 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 feels it's just fun. It feels fun. Yeah, I like uh, honestly, I, I liked it much better than any of the other sort of little compilation movies. Um, yeah, I feel like it's definitely the stronger of the of like the whole series next yeah. to next to probably either Saludos Amigos or Three Caballeros, really. Yeah, and I mean, I really like those as well. I, I guess I grew up with the stop motion Wind in the Willows um cartoon my gra- my grandpa would get the vhs's out of the library for me Cute. um and then i really had a thing for the johnny depp ichabod crane uh, oh sleepy hollow yes uh i just um i mean i i mean i specifically had a thing for the johnny depp ichabod crane oh. like <laughs> uh, oh, I see, I see. from the tim burton sleepy hollow is um, it tim burton yeah Oh, oh yeah. yes, yes, it is Tim Burton. He wears crazy right. goggles, and Danny Elfman's there. <laughs> oh, that's true. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to it. I, I even, I okay, I like Sleepy Hollow so much. I dated a guy for a while, and he wasn't very good, but his main um attraction point was that he played Brom Bones in the Sleepy Hollow musical. That's very funny. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, he's he's he's. Not the greatest, but, you know, he played this character that I really like one time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, like, I got a thing for Brom Bones, too. I just like this story. I would date anybody in it, even the jerks. I don't care. I just love The Legend of Sleepy Hollow a it's lot. It's a very, very fun legend. It's very cool. Yeah. I really dig it. Uh, okay, yeah. but before we get but into first. all of that, but first, <laughs> we got to knock out this news first. So, Disney news okay. time. Disney news Disney news. Time. news. Uh, so first little bit of news and probably one of the biggest bits of news is the fact that Disneyland is officially open as of yesterday. As I of, know, uh, that's so uh, cool. Yeah. April 30th, it opened up again. And I gotta say, like, seeing, well, okay, so the official opening was yesterday, but I think, like, on Wednesday and Thursday, they had, like, a soft open, I think is what it yeah, was. Yeah, they had, they had cast member previews. Yeah, they had, like, a, like, some previews and stuff for people, and so you, technically people were in the park, like, earlier this week, but the mm-hmm. official opening of Disneyland was April 30th, and I'm not gonna lie, like, seeing some of, the, seeing these videos of people going through the park... And, you know, seeing all the cast members and like seeing that place be busy again and exciting is is very, very heartwarming for me, weirdly enough. Yeah, no, me too. I originally thought like I was worried about theme parks opening. And I mean, it it, it seems a little post-apocalyptic to me, all the really smiling, cheerful cast members mm. in masks. But I mean, mm. the USA is so vaccinated. I can't really hold them in reproach. That's the They're... thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, and California itself, like as as a state, is 
uh, is super leading the charge in, in a lot of these, uh, like in terms yes. of vaccine rollout, like they're doing a lot They're they're There's like active campaigns to push people to get vaccinated. Like, I think on Sunday, there's going to be, I think it's on Sunday. Uh, there's like an actual concert uh, in which that is going to be available for a bunch of frontline workers and a bunch of like uh, uh, care workers and nurses, hospital workers and all of that stuff. Like a concert for those who are already vaccinated, like fully vaccinated. Awesome. And I, th- I think they're still going to have them masked because of the fact that there is going to be so many people. Yeah. But it's going to be a full concert in a stadium with people shoulder to shoulder and with live performances and everything. Awesome. And the purpose of this is to campaign for people to go and get vaccinated. So, yeah, like they're pushing hard. They're pushing yeah. hard. Good. Which is great, which I love. Yeah. I mean, I know like there are some conspiracy theorists abounding in, in every country saying vaccines aren't real and vaccines don't work. But I mm. really hope that what's happening now in the States is turning some people to believing in vaccination and science. Well, like, well, well, like you can like you can even see the evidence is there. Like once vaccines started being rolled out in the States, there's a there's a sudden drop in cases and like there are cases are steadily dropping and there's like they're 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 happening but they're not nearly happening at the same rate and it's like Mm -hmm. and like this huge downward uh trajectory runs it it coincides with the vaccination rollout so like the Mm -hmm. evidence is physically there you can see it if at this point you're denying it then you're just a moron Uh, Now, like when it comes when it comes to the personal decision of not getting vaccinated, if you don't want to get it because you want to be able to control, you know, yourself and you want to be able to have autonomy over your body, fine. That's that's your opinion. That's your uh, prerogative. But stop trying to push it on other people. Exactly, but because ultimately, once once we hit like I think it's like seventy eighty percent vaccinated, then it becomes herd immunity, and then at that point, if you don't get it then it's like okay well then you just happen to have been the person to not have gotten it to that point faster yeah right so anyway but that's neither here nor there uh (laughs) so yeah so disneyland is officially open in celebration of the opening of disneyland reopening i should say uh i kind i wanted to take this opportunity to read for you the original opening uh, dedication that Walt himself gave. Oh yes, please. On 19, in 1955, uh, to the people of of Disneyland when they first arrived. You know, <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking and remembering, like watching like that the original telecast and everything, and like how it, <laughs> you've seen it, haven't you? Like the original original telecast of the opening of Disney. Oh yes. And how <laughs> and just how much of a shit show it was. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so funny because like the in the original opening uh, of course it was li- it was live it was live on site in Disneyland and they had multiple cameras and at one point like they were trying to go from camera to camera but like it was mm-hmm. super delayed at one point you just kind of see Walt standing there just like waiting like am I on camera now yeah are we live and it was just very funny there's a point where they're where walt and uh the presenter i can't remember who the presenter was but they were like walking towards sleeping beauty's castle and like the microphone because it's 1955 the microphone is corded and so he's mm-hmm. walking and then it's like the core you just see extend 
further and further. <laughs> just so It's funny. so funny. The original telecast of the opening of Disneyland is very, very fun. Uh, I believe it's available on YouTube because uh, I think that's where I saw it. But it's, it's oh, just yeah, very it fun. Be. And like the actual opening itself was <laughs> was such a gong show because, of course, they weren't even done. Yeah. Like asphalt. <laughs> <laughs> Like plumbing wasn't fully done. I think at one point they had to they had to decide whether or not it, they had to make the decision of whether or not to have functioning water fountains or functioning toilets. And thank God they chose toilets. But then, of course, people were like, why are you charging us for drinks and you have no free water, you jerks? And they were like, no, you don't understand. And that's like, what happens. <laughs> exactly. So you don't understand. We don't have free water because we don't have plumbing. It's yeah. just, it was just very funny. And then like the, the asphalt wasn't fully dry. Yeah, and so all women, the benches sank into the asphalt. <laughs> women women walking around with their with their heels, the, 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 the spikes of the heels were sinking into the sidewalks. Yeah. Like just the whole thing was quite frankly a bit of a disaster and yeah. so of course that led the media to basically you know poo poo disneyland it was going to be a disaster it's never going to go anywhere it's never going to succeed and now here we are 65 66 66 years later and disneyland is now it's still there it's yep. still there and uh, it's clearly not going anywhere clearly not going anywhere especially like hell if it can survive this goddamn pandemic like i mean yeah come on. uh okay so I'm going to try and get through this without actually tearing up or choking up. So Okay. All right. So this this uh this was the this uh was the dedication that Walt himself gave to this place. And they still play this uh this recording every morning at the opening of Disney, at the opening of Disneyland any every single day. So hmm. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past, and here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America with the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. And yeah. It's so nice. Uh, just it's great. It's perfect great. speech. It's great. It's it's short, it's concise, it's on a plaque in the middle of uh right there on Main Street at the head of Main Street. It's great. Anyway, I'm very, very happy to see that it's open again. I'm very happy to see these people are are able to go back and, you know, and, you know, and back to work, which is nice. Uh, and yeah, so they're they did a bunch of videos uh, kind of leading up to it and and all that stuff of like, um, you know, big happy openings of I'll I'll link a bunch of these videos that, that uh, Disney released for the opening and everything like they're like short little like one, two minute video type things so um but yeah it's just it's just really really nice they did a dedication to people who were with the company for 50 and 55 years like that's bonkers to me people were with this company for that long working in this working in that park there's one guy there's in, in the video there's one guy who was who was telling a story of how when he was younger he was like talking to walt himself and was just like yeah, like he would always refer to Walt as like Sir or whatever, and of course Walt never liked people to call him Mister Disney. Totally, he, he was always very much like, no, 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 just call me Walt, call me Walt, right? Yeah. Um, but but uh, he kind of the this this worker kind of refused because he said like, oh, my father raised me to to refer to people that I respect as Sir or Mister So and So or whatever, and then like Walt comes back and like refers to him as like uh, refers to the staff worker by his surname. 
like Mr. So-and-so. That's nice. It's very nice, yeah. It's, it's just a cute little story that the guy gives. And uh, yeah, I think he was celebrating like 55 years working for the Disney company. Well, damn. Yeah, like, it's just great. That makes me happy to hear. Yeah. So yeah. He's, he's enjoying himself. Yeah. So there was that. So that's kind of like one of the bigger pieces of news. I mean, like there's been other things that have gone on this uh, this last week. Um, mm-hmm. But really, like if you go onto the website itself, like it's kind of just all about Disneyland reopening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you remember that me- that big mural of Chad uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman? Uh, yes. Next to like the small child who has the back black mm-hmm. mask. So apparently that, that artwork is now, now has a permanent home at Children's Hospital Los Angeles. Good. So that's nice. Uh, so it's still there and it's great. Uh, and I love it. Uh, Disneyland Paris announces uh, some renovations to the Disneyland Hotel. Ooh. So that'll be nice. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of like little really small things really. But um, I'm glad because it's like, you know, during Bob Iger's tenure, it was uh, the the improvements to the Disney parks were just, in my opinion, a little soulless. And I think now that he's gone, they're really like rolling out stuff from improvements to dated hotels to um amazing new attractions so i think it's all very promising Hmm. yeah uh okay so now the oh and uh they really recently released uh, a bunch of new stuff for avengers campus like there's some pictures here on the site that show some of the uh some of the attractions like for example in like the um in the pim test kitchen Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, there's a picture here of like uh, of cans of soda like embedded into the ceiling cool. with like with like wires and hoses to what I'm assuming is the soda fountain. That's so funny. That's very which I think is very cool. So like yeah, like little little bits like that. Just like I'm very I'm genuinely excited for Avengers Campus. Avengers Campus looks Me so too. cool and just like the yeah. attention to detail. It's it's I'm very excited. It's going to be really really good. Oh yeah, I deeply deeply would like that giant chicken sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yes, giant chicken sandwich. I, I want, want it, it so bad. <laughs> I want it in my mouth. Yep. I mean, like, I'm I'm weak to theming. I know it's just a giant, like, I know it's a small bun and a big piece of smashed flat chicken. I don't care. I want it. It's giant. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's all so cute. Yes, it's great. It's just the uh, I'm I'm just constantly uh, like, it's just constantly astounding to me just how awesome the people that work with this company are. Just the create the sheer creativity in these parks. Yeah. And everything is just it oh I love it. It genuinely makes me happy to see like these people paid well to be creative. Yeah, like, that's uh, to the allow, dream. To uh, to allow these creatives just to be like, what if we did this? And then di- and then the company's like, "All right, here's a fuck ton of money. Now do it." And it's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> it's just because of course without it, like, you know, Disney would not be what it is. Like it would not be the incredible immersive environment that it is it would not have the the lasting power that it does because i think so much of what is lasting of disneyland is just the sheer amount of wow they did that right yeah I mean, like, just just talking about, like, what we talked about last week with, like, some of the advancements in just the animatronics and what the Imagineers are doing, like, the, that new, uh, the new Tinkerbell thing. 
Like the I'm new sure Tinkerbell thing. Oh my god. Like I'm sure some some Imagineer was just like, "Hey, we have we have like examples of this technology. What if we did this?" And then like they were like, "Sure, do it." And it was like, "Okay." <laughs> right? Yeah, and like that I love that. And like uh, of course that was what that was what the Imagineering department was about. That was what Walt himself wanted. He just wanted a sandbox. He was just like, he wanted a bunch of people to come together and be like, hey, we want to do some really fun stuff. And Walt is like, sure, here's a bunch of money. Let's see if we can do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, and I think that's partly why they, the, the Imagineers and WED were hired specifically by the, uh, by all of those companies for the, uh, for the World's Fair because they saw how, you know, how much creativity that these people had. And they were like, yeah, like, like, like it was, uh, it was for General Motors. Um, I can't remember a couple, I can't remember some of the other companies that hired them, but yeah, like without, without that, like it just wouldn't be what it is today. And again, because of that, we wouldn't have this next major piece of Disney news, which is of course the Disney wish. The Disney wish. Yes. Gosh. Yes. So <laughs> they, the, <laughs> They released a tour and it was super cheesy, but now we have the inside scoop. Yes. So um, on Thursday morning at at 11 a.m. Eastern, um, 8, 8, PM, 8 a.m. Pacific, uh, they did a full like 30, 40 minute uh, showcase of the Disney Wish, basically going into what's going to be on this new uh, new cruise ship. So the Disney Wish is going to be the fifth ship to join the fleet of Disney cruise ships. Uh, we have the Disney Magic. Mm-hmm. We have the Disney Wonder, the Disney Dream, the Disney Fantasy. So those. But are the-, the only one I want to ride now is the Disney <laughs> Wish. It is the latest. It also has uh, probably the most advanced... Uh, experiences on it really because mm-hmm. like in comparison to some of the others because there's a lot of firsts in this one yeah so uh yeah so i took a bunch of notes while i was watching it uh so we're gonna go i just way. reacted i i i usually take notes and i just have excited thoughts <laughs> yeah. so yes. you go and i'll, I'll chime in <laughs> okay 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 all right so uh First thing to say, of course, is that the so the Disney Wish is literally currently under construction mm-hmm. uh, in Germany, and uh, it so it won't be setting sail until summer of twenty twenty two, but general bookings will be opening May twenty seventh of this year, May twenty seventh, twenty twenty one. So if you're interested, look out for that, and then yeah. Um, so the cool thing about this is that we have uh, you have Ashley Long, who is the cruise director. Uh, so the, the thing that I noticed about this, and maybe this is just because of me and my little, my, my feminist heart is that there was <laughs> a lot, there was a lot of women that were like involved in this project and that I like, agree and like that are, you know, heads of their fields and like really in charge. And so when I was watching this video, I was like, wow, like there's like, like there's a lot of really good women here who are for lack of a better phrase kind of breaking that glass ceiling who are like yeah who are like yeah like this is what we're doing and like this is us 
kind of leading that charge and like which is perfect because the aesthetic is finally exactly what i want (laughs) (laughs) yeah and like i know it you know ultimately it shouldn't matter but then of course like because things industries like this especially the naval industry i feel like is so heavily patriarchal it's so heavy Mm -hmm. with you know what men want and all this other stuff it's just really nice to see this being uh kind of being put in charge or given to the hands of anyone, including women who want to come in and be like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Right. To the point of where we, the, the captain of this ship is Captain Minnie. So Love Minnie, it. so Minnie is not just the, the main captain. Cause we have Captain Mickey as well. Cause of course you have to have kind of have to have both. He's there. He's present. He's there. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact is that uh, on the bow of the ship will be Minnie's face. So like Minnie is going to be is going to be heavily prominent on this ship, which I think is great, which I which I really really like. And so yeah. throughout the uh, and so throughout the the this video, we had Ashley kind of going along with us, uh, being uh, kind of being our uh, our experience because of course she is being told everything that's going on by a bunch of the other Imagineers uh, mm-hmm. and everything, right? So she's kind of our proxy in a way <laughs> to those. Yeah. Guys. Yeah, getting excited in our place. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. I really, I uh, whether it's for the video or not, I don't know. But it looks like they're using the Disney World style animatronics for uh, for Mickey and Minnie in that, like, yeah, and like they blink and their mouths move and all this other stuff. And they look really good. They look beautiful. Just, yeah. Like, just, yeah, just they look great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the tour starts with the main kind of the main thing, which is the the big grand hall in the ship, mm-hmm. which is going to be three stories. A three-story atrium in this grand hall, which are kind of intense. So cool. Which is pretty wild to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, the aesthetic is to match that the sparkles released the sparkles released by the mm-hmm. fairy godmother <laughs> in Cinderella. You know, all the white sparkly sparkles that are present in old-fashioned Disney animation. That's the mm-hmm, basis mm-hmm. of the decor of the main hall, and I just will never get over it. Yes. It's all it, it it's all pretty fairy magic, and I'm a hundred percent here for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of the main highlights of this ship, because of course each ship kind of has like their own highlights and things, right? But the main ones for this is going to be uh, will be Marvel, Star Wars, and Arendelle experiences. Ah, and they all look so amazing. Yes, ah. it's it's going to be really really great. Well, go we'll go into detail on how they're doing that in, in just a moment. Um, big thing that's happening is that the Walt Disney Company is actually going to be donating $1 million to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Which is great. Which is crazy to me. Because, like, uh, yeah, because, like, Disney and the, the Make-A-Wish Foundation have been working together for fucking ages. Like, <laughs> forever. Yes. They've been working together. Uh, granting wishes left, right, and center, which is great, which is amazing. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's nice to that they're going to be doing, and like that's a lot of money. Yeah, that is a lot of money. A I, million. A million I love that dollars. charity. Um, a million yeah. dollars. That's uh, I wish I had a million dollars. I could just give to charity. Like right. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Great. I love it. Um, and the Disney Magic. Uh, uh, well, no, sorry, not the Disney Magic. No, ooh, I I put this note down incorrectly. But there will be some there will be a Disney cruise sailing from the UK 
uh, this summer. I, I, I don't know if they specifically said which one it was, but it's it's kind of announced that uh, Disney Cruises will start to head out on the water soon. Uh, one ship specifically will be sailing from the UK. It's not going to make any stops. So it'll just kind of be like, you'll go out into the water for a couple of days and you'll come back. Um, yeah. But they are going to be upping the character experiences, I guess, so that they can you know keep you entertained on the ship because otherwise you're just on a hotel in the water. <laughs> yeah, which is fine, but... <laughs> yeah, but you also want to be entertained, right? Yep. Uh, so the cool thing that... So something that I learned... Uh, salud. So something that I learned <laughs> in this video is that apparently there is a nautical tradition that's specifically dictates that you put a coin for good luck in the keel of the ship for uh, oh. during construction interesting which, which is very interesting and apparently this is something that they've been doing with all of the with all the Disney cruise line cruise line ships and I I I didn't even know that this that this was a thing but apparently the so they minted a special coin for this purpose uh and on it, I think it uh, it has like Minnie's face on it, and then it has the date of April eighth, which I believe is when they started the construction, right. uh, and they placed it in the keel of the ship. So I thought that was very cool. But yeah, that was just a cool little like, oh, I didn't know that that was. That's charming. I didn't know that was a thing. I thought it was I like that yeah. very much. Me too. Um, so. My favorite thing on the uh -huh. Disney Wish is the introduction of the Aqua Mouse, which is yes. the new water coaster. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to be honest. I don't really like the name of the Aqua Mouse. You can, <laughs> you can find the Aqua Duck on the Disney Dream and the Disney Fantasy. And it's um, it's a water coaster, but it doesn't have a show scenes or anything yeah. like that. It's just kind of fun. It's just a water um, and, slide. Yeah, it's got like one fun little tunnel, uh, sort of akin to Space Mountain, but it's mm -hmm. it's a fancy water slide. Um, so I, I think that the Aqua Mouse is a reference to the Aqua Duck, but the Aqua Duck is a pun, and the Aqua Mouse is a reference to a pun, which is like, okay. <laughs> um, but otherwise, I'm so excited. They're saying there are show scenes and animatronics and all sorts of crazy yeah, things. Like, like you're followed up the hill by uh, animation. I just cannot wait. This. The Aqua Mouse is going to be a full-on attraction. Yeah. Because they will have screens inside of the tubes, and they are they specifically made a brand new original Mickey Mouse cartoon. Yeah. For, specifically for this ride, or for this attraction, which is insane because mm -hmm. this is the first time that this is being done. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, like you said, you have water slides on a couple of the other ships, sure, but that's a water slide. We're yeah. talking like we're talking like an actual flume ride with Yeah. with uh with interactions and with like rafts and uh and cartoons. Like a cartoon yeah. will happen as you go through this thing, which yeah. I think which I, which is wild to me, which I think is great. Yeah, I cannot wait to see how far they've pushed it. And that just makes me more excited for further developments, not just on cruise ships, but in the water parks in future. Because I am very interested in the water parks, Typhoon Lagoon and um, Blizzard Beach. I've never gotten to go to Florida ever, but I'm aware. Blizzard Beach is like my dream place I need to get to from when I was a child. But they're not, you know, they're, they're super cool water slides and, and some really, really neat attractions, especially in my opinion at Typhoon Lagoon. But nothing, nothing like that. This. No, and honestly, I've never even really heard of anything like this. Before, no, me neither. Which I think is really really cool. Um, there's um yeah. there's some stuff there's some cool water slides around the world, uh, often in in different countries like non Western mm -hmm. countries. Um, 
super neat slides in uh, like the Caribbean and uh, Dubai um, and some neat ones in Vegas. But like you say, nothing, nothing touching this. No, where you have actual cartoons happening as you go through the ride. Yeah. It's just very exciting. Uh, the fuel of the ship apparently is going to be a liquefied natural gas, which is which is apparently in the cleanest. It's the cleanest in all the industry. So it's nice that they're going in the direction of at least somewhat clean energy. I'm yeah. still waiting for when they finally go full electric, but I feel like it's a little more difficult with a ship. Yes. I don't know a lot about it, but it does seem like a challenge. Yeah, because you have to be able to produce enough power to be able to physically move a cruise ship in the water. <laughs> um, anyway, but it is just nice that they're that they're at least thinking about going in the proper in the in this direction of uh, of a more just kind of conscious uh, fuel source, which I think mm-hmm. which 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 I think is still admirable. Yeah, um, me too. And then there was a random musical number. Yeah, <laughs> like the so the fairy godmother shows up in this demonstration uh, to uh, to whisk Ashley away to the various spots of the ship. Of course, they're not actually on the ship. They're on like a, a um, what's it called? Like a 3D representation of the ship. So like, yeah, it's like, super oh, neat. She, it's like, oh, she's on the deck, but it's actually not the deck. It's actually like a great big green screen. That's like it's like faking it, but it's fine. It's magic. Yeah, it's cool, though. <laughs> It is cool. It's great because you can actually. It's there. There were there are basically renderings of what it's going to look like. So you're so you're still able to get a good idea. Um, yes. But yeah, but like the fairy godmother shows up and then she, and she and she sings the song "Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo," and I'm just watching it and I'm like, okay. I mean, this is cute, but it's not really necessary. <laughs> I just thought it was. <laughs> I just thought it just came super out of left field. This whole presentation was very, like, okay. Yeah. But it was was, fun. uh, It was just so silly and fun. I just thought it was just very, very fun. Uh, As we mentioned, of course, uh, Captain Mickey will be present as well. But, you know, he's he's always there. He's always present. It's not like it's a big surprise. I'm I'm still more on the I love the fact that Minnie is like the the actual captain. Me too. Uh, I'm still fully on board of that with that. Uh, So there will be. Pool area is completely dedicated to kids that are Toy Story themed, which I think is great. Uh, there's so the, here's something that they mentioned that I thought was really really awesome. <laughs> there is an entrance to the kids club from the grand hall, but it's like a weird secret entrance. Love that because it's a slide. Love that. Oh, so, I'm like, too in- old. I oh. <laughs> So in the Grand Hall, like, they showed an image of it, and it's, like, it's just, like, this circular door that's there, just, like, on the side of uh, what I can only imagine is, like, a rail or something. But, yeah, it's a door that you open, and the and the kid, uh, Kids Club is open for ages 3 to 12, uh, just slides down and then goes to the Kids Club. Like... So cool. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> I know. And then, of course, I mean, like, and there is, of course, like, an actual front door, like, on, on that, on yeah. the deck where the kids club is. But, I mean, like, I, who's going to fucking go through the front door? Fuck that. Like, take the slide. <laughs> exactly. Take the slide. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> my, one of my dreams is to have a slide in my house. If there's a slide and I can go on it, I'm going on the slide. It's just, it's just, it's just a much more efficient way to travel, really. <laughs> I agree with you. Absolutely. Uh some of the characters or some of the things that they highlighted for the kids club uh various character experiences of course 
you'll be able to team up with superheroes because they're you know just con they're just they're they're pushing that Marvel. Yeah, they're pushing Avengers, it. Avengers, Avengers. Just all but you also Avengers get a costume. You do. All the kids get costumes, superhero costumes, which is really really fun. Um, and of course, story time with some of the princesses. Uh, yeah, there's. Uh, I think some of the ones that they highlighted specifically that will be on the ship will be Spider Man, Ant Man, the Wasp, and Black Panther, mm-hmm. which I which I like. So, <laughs> so cool. Uh, Spider Man because Spider Man is just I like he's a, a favorite. Well, uh, yeah, he's you know, chatty. Everybody loves Spider Man. Uh, yeah. Black Panther because representation. Uh, yes. Ant-Man, and well, he's also awesome. Also, of course, he's awesome. Um, Ant Man because he's just a fun character. Yeah, so wacky. I think that he's wacky. And then the Wasp because you got to have a you got to have a female hero there too, right? Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I think that's great. Um, so and like, there's no Captain Marvel, but that's well, fine. you know, uh, I'll live. <laughs> uh, as you said, yes, kids will be able to select their own suits, which I think is going to be really, uh, really fun. Uh, there's a fairy tale hall, which is which is where they can like meet Rapunzel and Belle, Elsa and Anna, and like do some fun like character interactions with them. Which I'm I I'm always fully on board with character interactions because I just love that shit. I, oh, I me too. Live for it, the thing I, I campaign I yeah. about, like when I become in charge of Walt Disney, um, <laughs> everything, uh-huh. uh, you know, because <laughs> I'm definitely on that career track. Uh, I'm going to put more face characters in the parks. Why is Jafar a big mask? No. Why? No. We need more Gastons in the park, you know? Like, more villain face characters you can interact with. More, like, why Why is Lilo not... Uh, uh, I don't get it. I don't get I, it. I There's too many characters that can't talk. I feel like Lilo might be a little bit more difficult just because she is, like, 10. Yeah, but you could get, like, an 18-year-old girl who's tiny. I suppose, or like I mean, an like, older Lilo, or an older, an older Lilo, like telling a story or something. Maybe I, I like huggable mascot characters, but I'd prefer more people I could chat with in the parks. Yeah, well, that, because that's just that's just fun, like being able to yeah. actually interact with them. Yeah, exactly. I love, I love like Captain Hook as well. Like, isn't a face character? Why isn't Captain Hook a face character? I don't get it. I think it's because his his face design is so specific. It's hard sure. to. Right, you know his face, his nose is super pointed, his chin is really long, like that kind of stuff. I think is a little more difficult, similar to why Jafar is is a mask character rather than a face. Yeah. Because again, like, you know, and and like, I mean, like, are you really gonna want to be walking around in the Anaheim heat wearing a prosthetic chin that is probably gonna start flaking, and God forbid it falls <laughs> off. Like, Counterpoint: Do you want to walk around in the Anaheim heat wearing a giant thing on your head? <laughs> fair point however i feel like they're i feel like those things are they have like a fan inside them i'm sure you're right like the disney must have some sort of cooling system because i've been a lot of mascots in my time and it is pretty unpleasant it's very um but i'm sure they have the best outfits i just i would love because you know peter pan is one of my favorite face characters to see in the park it's Mm -hmm. like i'd love for him to be able to argue with captain hook without captain hook having to be silent that's that's all that's what i always think of yeah you're right you're right i'm not saying i'm not saying your 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 idea doesn't have merit it 100 percent does and i'm fully on board i just think like i just think i'm i'm more advocating for why i think they made those specific decisions Totally. No, I, I see what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. But like when I'm in charge, I'm going to change it. So get ready. <laughs> uh, kids apparently are going to be able to experience being an Imagineer. Like they're going to have an Imagineer lab in like on the ship as well. So cool. So like they're going to be able to design and ride their own roller coaster, Ugh. which is insane to me. And what's the age limit on that? Edward? 
Kids Club says it's three to twelve, but I mean, like, do you think I could pass it? <laughs> That's a lot of laughter. Apparently, I, if I, I start lying about my age, we're not going to start with twelve. I love you. I love you dearly, but no. Well, okay. <laughs> if only because you're too tall. Well, I have been this tall since grade seven. <laughs> it's the worst. All right. Well, that's uh, fair. That's a fair point. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, there, so the main theater, because, of course, there's a theater on all the ships because they're of course. They all the shows. <gasps> it's stunning. It's beautiful. It's called the Walt Disney Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where all the main shows are going to happen. So for, for this ship specifically... Uh, the main production they're going to have is they are bringing back Aladdin. Oh, yes. The the theme park version. The one yes. that was in the Hyperion Theater yes. before Frozen. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I love it. I love that production. I love it so much. It's so good. It's mm-hmm. so damn good. It's so good. And I love what they were able to do with it. And the fact that it's only an hour and they condense the whole story and just the genie character is absolutely insane and is both original to the production and original to uh, whoever is the actor that's portraying the character, but still is able to at least pull some of the vibe and energy of the uh, of the Robin Williams version. Mm-hmm. Like you still have like that kind of vibe, yeah, which I think I really is amazing. Like anyway, I love it. I'm so happy for it. Yeah. Um, of course, there will also be two other original shows that are still being developed, and those but they are won't being, tell us what they, they are. will not tell us, and I, I, they probably won't tell us because they haven't fully developed them. Probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they like... need to have the space to scrap them. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, so that's going to be really exciting. And, of course, the Grand Hall itself has uh, its own stage as well, where they're going to be doing shows and experiences as well. So cool. They're going to have a nighttime show called Luna. Uh, Is that based on the Pixar short? I don't know. They didn't go into any specifics about it. They like, just said, we're going to have I a nighttime show is. called Luna. Because uh, I love that short. I think it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, so, yeah, so they'll have that. Uh, they're going to have a thing called the Hero Zone, which is like an active play type thing where kids uh, where kids can like interact with heroes again uh, and I guess be heroes in, a, in their own story type of deal, uh, which I think is just very, very cute. Um, there's going to be a Star Wars themed lounge on this ship. Okay. This is... I need to get on this cruise ship. <laughs> I... Like, I... I uh, all I want in life is themed bars. I want to go to themed bars all day, every day. I cannot believe this is happening. I am. I'm gonna lose my shirt going on this cruise ship. Go it, on. It, yeah, it's <laughs> called the hyperspace lounge. The idea is that you enter into the lounge and you're basically stepping onto a spaceship. Yeah. That's 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 basically the premise. And With the could, windows, like at Trader Sam's in Disneyland, the windows are they give you an immersive view into yeah, the world. You're basically gonna be. Uh, literally transported to the galaxy far far away and you'll they're they're gonna have like passing images of like Tatooine and uh Batu and a bunch of other planets that we know of from the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Uh which I think is really, really fun. So talk about like a, a fucking immersive experience, right? Like holy shit. Yeah. Oh <laughs> I cannot wait. Like genuinely when these we gotta talk about trying to get on this cruise ship. <laughs> I need to get on the cruise ship, Anwar. I, there's, I, the, there's a lot <laughs> we need to talk about. Like, I've never Jesus. been so serious. This is great. Um, now, of course, there's always there. Uh, 
one of the big things that's uh, really, really cool about these ships is, of course, their dining experiences. Yes. Oh! So what... I I gotta say, like, we're 40 minutes into this podcast. We haven't even talked about Ichabod and Mr. Toad. And, like, I'm just so psyched about all of this. I don't... Oh, my God. Well, because it's really fun. I mean, like... It's so fun. This is just really, really cool to see what they're including and how they're including it. So, like, the majority of the... the, uh, I guess, like, more the adult-themed dining experiences are all themed after Beauty and the Beast. Uh, so you have the, a chic, it's called, uh, the chic lounge or sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I'm a liar. No, nope. it, it is a chic <laughs> lounge called the Rose, uh, which is basically like a pre like a pre-dinner cocktail type of, de- type of deal. Um, yeah. which is going to be, which is uh, nice. sort of a beauty and the beast bent, but like very adult, like it's inspired yes. by beauty and the beast, but not in a cartoony way. Exactly. Well, that, that's the way it is for all of these dining experiences that are like, that are adult themed, right? Cause like the, uh, you'll, there's going to be a steakhouse, uh, which is featuring decor inspired by Cogsworth. And then, uh, that's the Palo steakhouse. And then, uh, the fancy dining experience called Enchanté is decor inspired by Lumiere. Mm-hmm. And like, and Lumiere is my big, my other big crush in Disney. <laughs> uh, and now, the, so the the dining experience for that is like super fancy. It's like going to be three star Michelin dining. Like they're having like a super super fancy chef come in and like do all of that, which is going to be pretty crazy. Uh, so yeah, and uh, those are kind of like the main adult themed uh, dining experiences. Au contraire, because the frozen dining experience is just for me, no matter what they tell you. <laughs> I am 32 years old. This, it's for me. Everyone else is welcome to come. It's not for kids. It's for Fairlith. Go on, Anwar. Yes. Uh, the other dining experiences that they're going to have is, uh, one is going to be frozen themed. Uh, and it's kind of like a theatrical dinner experience. Uh, we're going to have Elsa, Anna, Kristoff, and Olaf, of course. Uh, coming in and, you know, and I think it's going to be like, like Elsa's going to do, I think, like a really cool magic show, maybe kind of thing. But I want to describe because it's a podcast that Anwar is doing the Elsa ice arms. It's very mystical. Oh, now it's even more. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I wish you could see it, but it's it's not a visual medium, but I am getting a treat. I tell you. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so it's going to be really cool to see that. And le- that's kind of a more family experience. Uh, no, it's for me. <laughs> uh, there's going to be an Avengers interactive dining experience, which I think is also really, really interesting. So cool. Because of course there will be, because again, they're pushing that Marvel shit. Not that right. I, not, I mean, not that I hate honestly, it. I, <laughs> if, if it's Marvel or the Cars universe, Marvel every time. That's fair. Well, this because I think Marvel is the bigger one because kids like superheroes. They just do. This is a thing. I mean, I fucking love superheroes too. I love superheroes. Um, There's a Hollywood themed dining experience, which I think is very, very cool. It looks so cool. Yeah. So the whole thing about this was that like they basically wanted to take us back in time, back to like 1923, which is like when the Disney company, when Walt first really opened his studio uh out in um this is this is in burbank before i think he got the big studio uh but yeah so like the whole the whole restaurant is themed to the time and then like you have like beautiful like they short showing images of like beautiful character sketches all over the place similar i think like similar to the lamplight lounge in Mm -hmm. in California. that's what i was thinking too yeah but yeah so it's going to be like themed it, as that, as like 1923, 19, yeah. uh, that kind of I thing. I guess uh, Lamplight Lounge is not what we're thinking of. We're thinking of Carthay Circle, aren't we? 
Probably in aesthetic, but when I when I mentioned Lamplight Lounge, I was thinking like uh, like how Lamplight Lounge has a bunch of like character sketches all over the all over the walls. And yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'm looking. Oh gosh, it's so pretty. Yeah, Lamplight Lounge. I love that place. Um, <sighs> so a couple other things for the adults. Uh, there's Quiet Cove, which is an adult only pool area. I think there's going to be like a. a, a water bars as well which is going to be very nice There's i love a-, a water bar i've only managed to go to one ever in las vegas and i'm waiting to go to another one i gotta go to another water bar i i'm sorry i'm totally disrupting news but i'm just really <laughs> excited to go on this cruise and obviously i need to be vaccinated and to leave this house yeah yes, yes. <laughs> by all means be excited i'm fucking stoked on this too like I'm n- like learning all this is very very exciting uh, there is, of course, a spa experience called the Census Spa, which is very, very nice. Now, I, here's the thing is I don't know if they're going to I don't know if the spa is going to be I feel like the spa might be extra charge because I, know I imagine it, so because I know it's extra charge on other ships. Yeah. I mean, that only makes sense. Yeah. To me. Like, but yeah. regardless, like if you want to have like a nice a nice massage or whatever, there's a there, you will have a spa available to you. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing that kind of really boggled my brain. Uh, so. So the staterooms on this cruise all look beautiful. Uh, some of them have original artwork. But apparently, they're also going to include these fancy royal suites, which will be two stories tall. I mean, oh my god, that's like, excessive. <laughs> like, what the fuck? So, like... You'll I have ha- to agree. <laughs> you're going to have your suite and then like there's going to be a spiral staircase to take you to the upper level of your suite. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is this is another first for the for the cruise. This is the first time anything like this is uh is being done. But like w- why? <laughs> I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I think it's going to be beautiful. And, like, again, the images that we saw in some of these renderings are beautiful. And it's great. But at the same time, I'm like, that's 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 interesting. And maybe this is just because for me personally, I'm the kind of person that uh, I don't really invest highly in hotels and accommodations. Mm-hmm. Because, like, whenever I travel, because, like, I'm happy with, like, a three-star and maybe this is just because whenever I've traveled, like on choir tours, we've always done like three star hotels and that kind of thing because we're always out. I know for me, anytime I've traveled, if I'm staying in a hotel, I only really use the hotel as a place to keep my shit and to sleep. Yeah, no, I'm the same. And to shower, like. Yeah. So for me, the idea of a fancy suite or like this fancy royal suite with a second floor and all this other stuff. I'm like, for me, that's a bit excessive only because I know like I'm not going to be in my suite except if I need to take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess on a cruise it's it's supposed to be a little different, but I still don't think I would be in my suite very much. And honestly, if I'm unconscious, I don't care. <laughs> that's the thing is like, do I, ha- do I have a bed? Do I have somewhere where I can sleep? Can I leave my stuff in this room, keep it locked and secure? Cool. Does it smell normal? Does it? Yeah, exactly. Does it smell normal? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like it's. I'm not. I'm not. I'm very low maintenance when I travel. All I really need is a place to keep my shit and like shit to do. And just from just from this uh, preliminary uh, showcase of this cruise, I feel like I'm going to be fairly busy. Like even if I'm not doing anything in terms of seeing a show or having an experience. I'll probably just be lounging by the by the pool, having a cocktail or eating, 
knowing yeah. me because I'm. I'm gonna be I, in the pool the whole time. He's like, I'm always gonna. I'm always fucking eating. <laughs> well, you have to. I know this isn't a visual medium, medium, but Anwar is also like a giant <laughs> because he works very hard on building his giantness. I'm a, a. I am a large human. Yes. Yeah. This is true, and I like food, and so and that food helps to keep me a large human. Um. So it's yeah, incredibly impressive. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so like for me, like this whole like oh two story uh, royal suite thing is like you know I don't think I'm I'm I I know I would I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shell the extra however much hundred dollars it's gonna be to stay in that suite. And that and that's yeah. just a personal thing, you know. Because no, I mean course, I agree. You know, Dis- Disney cruises are expensive enough as they are, and I'm sure this is gonna be nuts expensive. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so that's. That's kind of the the major breakdown of the Disney Wish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's exciting. It's going to be very, very nice. I'm very excited to see vlogs and stuff when they finally come out of people being on the damn thing. Um, I'm just excited. I'm excited for that and, like, excited for a lot of the stuff that's going to come out from it, you know. Me too. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about Ichabod and Mr. Toast. Yes. So now on to main topic, main topic, main topic. Main topic. Kind of. I mean, I don't even know. I think the main topic (laughs) of this one was the Disney wish, but I'm okay with it. (laughs) Uh, So the adventures. So today's uh, film is The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, which is the last movie in the wartime era. And is probably, probably one of the more... Probably one of the more infamous ones, I feel like. Well, I mean, I don't even know if it's infamous. It's like straight up famous as being like really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So this story or this movie is two stories, just simply two stories. It is the legend of uh, Ichabod Crane and Sleepy Hollow and uh, the... Wind in the Willows. Wind in the Willows. Uh, So when I was looking into it, I was actually pleasantly surprised to see that... The cartoon adaptations of these stories, of both of them, are surprisingly accurate to their source material. Very faithful. Like, obviously cut down a lot. So yeah. they're a little more, like, um, in your face as opposed to subtle, but accurate, as you say. Yeah. So let's start with the first. So we'll start with the opening because the opening I really enjoy. So it opens mm. with, of course, opening credits. Uh, it's like, this is, you know, Ichabod and Mr. Toad. And you have this great intro song sung by... Like that infamous crooner whose voice melts me like butter because holy fuck, uh, mm. is good old Bing Crosby. Uh, I mean, I like, know. I mean, oh, god damn. But yes, yeah, so you have the big intro music, which is a fun like Ichabod and Mr. Toad and Mama. It's very cute. It's very fun. And then, uh, then we go into like this random house i don't know it's like it go it pants through a stained glass window and then we show up in like a little library of this of this very fancy state house um Mm -hmm. and then we hear basil rathbone oh my gosh uh, because even though in the credits it's credited as ichabod and mr toad and it shows the credits of the ichabod story before the mr toad story the first story that we actually see is wind in the willows and I'm like, that's a little backwards, but all right, it's fine. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we have Basil Rathbone who narrates the the, the Wind in the Willows adaptation. Uh, and 
it's very fun because Basil comes in and he's like saying about how, oh, like there's a bunch of really fun uh, uh, British stories uh, and like uh, British characters, you know, who have become famous uh, and all this other stuff. He, of course, mentions Sherlock Holmes, which is actually quite poetic, considering the fact that Basil Rathbone is probably the most famous actor to ever portray Sherlock because he portrayed Sherlock in the early half oh, of yeah. the 20th century. Absolutely. Uh, so much of the image of Sherlock Holmes, that famous silhouette. The uh, deerstalker cap. The the, the pipe. Well, all yeah, of that. Well, also, it, if you're a fan of the of Disney and you've seen The Great Mouse Detective, he's called Basil of Baker Street. Exactly. Uh, so, like, Basil Rathbone is famously known to be the actor of who portrayed uh, uh, the infamous detective himself. Uh, so I thought it was really cool to have him come in and, uh, give us the story of the wind in the willows. Uh, so as we said before, it is fairly accurate to this, like this cartoon is fairly accurate to the story. They take out a, a couple things. Like they take out the fact that, um, uh, like some of the initial meetings of these characters, like the, the actual story of wind in the willows, like you have, much longer introduction to Mole and Rat and Toad yeah, and Badger. Which is unfortunately my favorite part of it. But that's <laughs> but yeah, just me. But for but for I think for narrative sake, they, they just kind of skipped all that and were just like, yeah, like Mr. Mole Mr. Mole and Ratty are very good friends. And they're mm-hmm. all so very British. And it is so funny to me. <laughs> uh, because like it starts off with Mole being late for tea with Rat. Yeah. And it's just, it's so cute and it's so endearing. It's very fun. Yeah, Mole uh, is so cute. I love his design. It's very, very good. Uh, and actually the design of Ratty himself is also interesting because I feel like they took some of the, like that character design is like a copy and paste to the inventor in The Great Mouse Detective. Did you notice that? It's uh, almost no. exactly alike. That's awesome. Yeah, they're very, I didn't very, realize. they're very, very similar. Anyway, but the Great Mouse Detective is way down the line. Like that's in that's during the the quote unquote um, the the Dark Age of Disney, uh, which I which I personally feel is a little bit of a misnomer because there's actually some pretty good movies in that in in the age before the Renaissance. But we'll get there when we get there. Basically, <laughs> uh, the Wind in the Willow story is uh, written by a British novelist, Kenneth Graham, who first published uh, who was first. Uh, who first published fuck words (laughs) what are words who first published the the wind in the willows as a children's book in 1908 uh, and very quickly took off as becoming a very very well-known piece of english literature Mm -hmm. very cute story just all about like animals living in a human world because there are actual humans in this story yeah it, it's funny the the relative size of things compared to them in much of the cartoon is really cute well and it's actually pretty accurate because like like yeah. for example when uh like uh a, a mailman comes to the door comes to rat's door and he's like he's like a full-grown human and rat only goes up to like his shin because you know he's uh, i think he's like a water rat so I think he's like a yes, big... he is. Um, yeah. Just uh, for science, water rats don't actually exist. It's a colloquial name for a water vole, and rat oh, is yes. designed to be a water vole. But we call him Ratty because that's what's in the book. Yes, uh, yeah, and so yeah, and so uh, so much of this of what we see is very accurate. You know, you have Toad who 
comes from a very wealthy uh, English family, as you know, as is kind of the thing in in England. And yes. his whole thing is he's obsessed with he get he becomes obsessed with new things almost all the time. New gadgets. He's like my uncle. And I'm not but gonna like, lie. I my kinda... uncle doesn't get into so much crime. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, like, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of vibe with Toad in that sense. And that, like, oh, here's a new thing. Oh my god, I'm super into that new thing. That's really, really cool. Right? I mean, like, I I don't go out trying to <laughs> rampage through the English countryside, you know, racking up crazy bills, but you know, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. And I mean the thing I, I the one thing I don't like about this, and it's not uh its fault really, it's just the nature of it. I like the quiet parts with Badger and Mole and Rat most in the original story. Uh-huh. I think Toad obviously Toad is an asshole, but I, I don't find him lovable. I feel I'm like, your friend should abandon you. And the Imagineers had it right in the way they did <laughs> Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. <laughs> you jerk. Also, interestingly, he doesn't ride a car in the movie. He does in the flashback. Well, he, he doesn't oh, in the no. present. No, like, you, well. you, you know that he steals a car and crashes it, but you don't see it. Oh, that's actually a very good point. It's weird. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you have uh, Badger is basically the... he. He's kind of financially running the estate of Toad Hall. And he's seeing that, you know, Toad is racking up these bills because he's just going along with all of his crazy fascinations and, you know, crashing into things and ruining other people's property. And so all these people are billing Toad Hall. Uh, I, I have no concept of what these bills look like and or you see the bills in the film but i have no concept of how, what they mean in terms of how much money is actually being shelled out by toad hall to do these repairs i don't have a concept all i know is that because of the sheer amount of stuff that is coming to toad hall mm-hmm. toad hall is on the verge of bankruptcy and yeah and toad is this close like super super close to losing the, the estate to losing his house right just because of just because of the sheer amount of obsessions that he has yeah, yeah. absolutely and uh the thing that i found was interesting while i was watching this film was i almost feel like this story could be a could be an interesting analogy to addiction interesting yeah i i kind of got that vibe because like there's a moment when because ratty and moly come up to toad when he's on his current obsession which is going around in a horse drawn they call it a gypsy cart but it's uh most likely just it's a simple caravan car uh it's like a caravan cart that's being pulled by a horse and the horse who's named um uh cyril uh who kind of becomes toad's new friend uh they go up to Toad and they're like, Toad, you need to like stop because like y- the stuff that you're doing is affecting other people in a negative way. And Toad is like, I don't want to hear it. Like, I'm, I I don't care. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Until they finally take until Toad sees a motor car and becomes so obsessed with it that he basically loses all consciousness and they drag him home and they lock him in his bedroom. Yeah, where he's babbling about car noises. Yeah, it's very, very. I admit the foley in the foley in that is very, very good. Like the the mm-hmm. car imitation noises are very, very well done. Um, Super cute. But yeah, and so like I, I almost felt like I, 
I got the vibe that this is this would make for a good uh, addiction analogy because of the fact that Molly and Ratty are basically doing this as a way to help him clear the addiction of his system cold cold turkey kind of thing. yeah that makes sense honestly i've always just seen wind in the willows as a like if you enable the rich they'll keep destroying everything kind of i mean that allegory, too but um <laughs> <laughs> that too 100 percent. yeah um but that's really interesting i think you're actually 100 percent right and it was it's intentional from the original novel i just never thought about it and maybe it's just because i'm i'm 30 now and you know i'm more aware of addiction and how addiction works uh you know uh, mentally and that sort of thing so i'm able i'm weirdly enough able to kind of be like oh these these are these are the signs of addiction kind of thing maybe it's because of that but yeah and so i just thought it was a really interesting way to kind of explore that Mm -hmm. uh and then of course he escapes his room he goes off with cyril and they come across this beautiful red motor car that parks in front of a pub and so yeah. toad goes into the pub and talks to the pub owner and he's like i want that car outside whose is it i'm gonna buy it mm-hmm. and then proceeds to purchase the car by handing over the deed to toad hall <sighs> like what is the worst stop it stop being <laughs> such a dick <laughs> <laughs> And then he is, of course, arrested because apparently the car was actually stolen, or at least it's being accused of being stolen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toad is all confident in in his trial because he's like, I didn't steal it. I, uh, I purchased it. Uh, I have the paperwork and I have Mr. Winky here, who is the pub owner, as an eyewitness to it because he's the one who who was given the deed. And then Mr. Winky comes up and is like, no, he's like, yeah, actually, you came into my bar because you wanted to sell me a stolen car. And it's like, oh, no, Mr. Winky was actually a bad guy the whole time. Meanwhile, you look at you look at him and you look at this character and you're like, he's clearly a bad guy. <laughs> like, I never trusted him for a second. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, nobody else, nobody else uh, kind of, I guess, caught that weirdly enough. <laughs> uh, and so then, of course, he's sent to, uh, Toad is sent to prison in the Tower of London where uh one christmas uh cyril comes in and breaks him out uh and then he escapes he runs through and then he finds out that uh the weasels and mr winky were working together because the weasels were the ones who were driving the car uh Uh, fun fact um the weasels are uh their next appearance is in who framed roger rabbit as christopher lloyd's minions yes or at least the character designs. I'm not sure if it's the same weasels exactly, but at least the character I mean, designs were. I don't know. I think it's supposed to be the same ones because in a Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the lore is that cartoons are like plays that they perform in that are filmed. And you see that the um, penguins from Mary Poppins are servers. So I oh, think they, just ha- they hadn't got their big break yet and they're just performers. Oh, that's a fair point, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so then... Uh, Molly, Ratty, Mr. Toad, and Badger all head out to Toad Hall to basically get it back because they're like, yes, we want this back. And so they try they there's like a whole little adventure of them in Toad Hall, like trying to steal back the deed, which eventually they, of course, succeed. Mm. Um, and then through all of this, Toad kind of learns from his own mistake and then like 
I guess kind of agrees to not be as crazy about stuff anymore. And so everyone's happy. Toad Hall is now okay. Uh, they're all celebrating New Year's and they're all, you know, going to salute to Toad. And then suddenly, oh, surprise, he's actually obsessed with something new. And this time it's flying machines. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah. So the moral of the story is, um, I guess the more the I mean, not the moral of the story. The epilogue is clearly he's going to cl- crash his plane and die, but uh, nah. hopefully he makes it. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so, yeah, so that's that's the, the adventure of Mr. Toad. Um, it's a very, very cute, fun story. Uh, it definitely, it definitely goes in a direction that I, that you don't expect. Um, it, it, it keeps you pretty well engaged because the story itself is actually very fun and it's very like, yeah, it's, it's just a fun story. Um, Mm -hmm. I was, I, I really, really dug it. Um, absolutely, me too. My only reservation is that Toad didn't adequately learn his lesson, but I think that's the point, so it's fine. Um, fun fact, there are two uh, Toad Halls you can visit in Disney Parks. That, of course, is um, uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride in Disneyland, which is a, a wild ride indeed. I don't want to spoil it, but like he gets his just desserts in that ride, I tell <laughs> you what. And, uh, of course, there's a Toad Hall restaurant in Disneyland Paris. Mm-hmm. That is, again, both of them look like Toad Hall from the movie, and they're really, really cool. Yes. Uh, so now I wanted to actually talk about the the ride itself, the Mr. Toad Wild Ride that is in Disneyland. So Mr. Toad's Wild Ride in Disneyland is, a, is an opening day attraction. It opened in mm-hmm. 1955. Yes. Uh, it has, of course, since gone through, you know, various renovations and updates and that sort of thing. For example, like... Uh, from when it was opened up until about 82, 83, uh, the facade of the ride was kind of carnival themed. And I think that was because Fantasyland was uh, was kind of themed as like uh, Yeah. It wasn't as immersive or, then. No. I think it was the idea was you were meant to be like in a medieval carnival and that kind of thing. Because, of course, there's uh, there's the merry-go-round and that sort of thing. Um, but then we'll post it, a picture in the show notes. I have one here. Uh huh. Um, but then in uh, yeah, in the early '80s, it was basically they tore down the facade, they redid the tracks and everything, and they redesigned it the facade to look like Toad Hall, uh, which yes. I think was really really cool, and it's more immersive. Really, it's very very. Nice. I agree. It's so um, lovely. Yeah. And so the ride itself is very interesting because if you if you're only familiar with the ride, you will be very surprised by this movie. Very yes. surprised because and this is this was intentional by the Imagineers because they didn't want to have the ride basically tell the story uh, because they because of because of the short nature of the ride itself, they couldn't really give you the full story. And so they kind of made you. They just made it more into an experience rather than here's the story bit by bit kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, and so the ride itself, uh, you enter Toad Hall. There's like a statue of Mr. Toad. Uh, you go into one of these motor cars. That that's the the, the ride car is one of the motor cars. Yeah. And you grow- like you are Mr. Toad. Yeah. So you're going through the ride. You're going through Toad Hall. You're kind of like dodging. The other characters, like you see Molly, you see uh, you see Badger, and then you exit Toad Hall. You basically burst through a wall, basically, 
And then you're going down these British streets and you come across cops, you come across, you know, other vehicles and everyone's like, what the fuck? Slow down. You're basically on a crazy like road rampage is basically what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, You burst into Winky's pub. You head into the courtroom. You see uh, uh, you see the uh, the lawyer that was persecuting you. And then as you're going through, uh, you end up crashing into a train. Yep. And then you die. Or a train crashes into you, like, depending on your point of view, I guess. Depending on your point of view, sure. But in my opinion, you definitely turn down a wrong road and crash into a train. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then you you show up in what is officially known as, by Disney, it's officially known as the Infernal Room. The Infernal Room. It... It's um, it's hell. You go to hell. You're there it's for hell. an extended period of time. They make it hot in there, so even the yeah. hottest Anaheim days feels cool and refreshing when you get out. You die and go to hell. You heard it here, ladies and gentle thems. You go to hell on a Disney ride. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it is. It is crazy. Like they, you're right. They pump heat in this section. It's wild. And like you see, yep. you see the same lawyer, but he looks like a demon. And then there's, like, a random dragon that's just there for reasons right before you exit the ride itself. And the funny thing is, is that none of that happens in the story. What you experience on the ride is 100% original to the ride It's an AU. (laughs) Yes. It's an alternate universe. Exactly. Uh, So Mr. Toad's Wild Ride was also an opening day attraction in Disney World. Yeah. Moving on to uh, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow portion of the film. Yes. I was really surprised by the tone of this, the sort of big Bing Crosby jazzy nature. Oh, Bing. Fuck. <laughs> Not complaining. Oh, God, that voice. I know. <sighs> this is the first time that Bing Crosby has ever, the first and only time that Bing has ever been in a, in a Disney movie. And honestly, I see it as a missed opportunity because that man... Oh my god. So there's a scene. So I'm jumping right now because I just it just came into my head. So there's a scene where Ichabod, because he's a school teacher, he's also mm-hmm. teaching music, and so he's teaching music to a few of the other women within the village. And it's just he's just like singing and vocalizing with these girls, and uh, the harmony is beautiful, and then there's Bing being the singing voice of Ichabod, and he's just being that beautiful baritone, and I'm like fuck no like oh my god just mm. i uh i'm obsessed i fucking love I no i mean i get it. Crosby. I get it i was i was a little disappointed in his design to be honest really? because like i said um uh johnny depp is ichabod crane ichabod ah. crane rather is literally my ideal man pale intellectual um boy band hair high collars um so i i was a little and i understand johnny depp is now a controversial figure but this was a very long time ago and just for the aesthetics um so i don't know i was ex- i was excited for a kind of a sexy ichabod crane and i didn't get one <laughs> but that's my problem well, okay. I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at the design, and I think that's mainly because just it, it is such a str- he has such a strange design, and he is no, he is designed to be or described to be fairly uh, lanky and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But the but before we jump into the cartoon itself, so the actual story of the Legend of Sleepy Hollow uh, was 
a story uh, that was written by an American author named Washington Irving. Uh, yes. And it's just, he, he wrote this as like, a single story in amongst a bunch of other things that he wrote. Uh, so it's very cool because once you leave the story of, um, of Mr. Toad and the wind in the willows, it pans to another book and you hear Bing come in and start to narrate. And he's basically saying about how it's like, Oh yes. Like, uh, like England definitely has its fair share of characters, but so do we in the colonies. And first off, I love the fact that you refer to them as the colonies. Yes. Like I that just tickled me and I love that. Uh me I as well. I I don't know why but it did. Uh and um so yeah, so he's like yeah, like here in the colonies we have our own characters and he starts naming a bunch of people like uh Pico's Bill of course because we've already heard of him. Uh Johnny Appleseed uh again cuz these are both characters that were featured in previous films. Uh and you know, yes. he named he names a whole slew of characters. Uh which uh which I really enjoyed. And then he goes into, and then there's the story of Ichabod Crane, and then he goes into The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Now, the cool thing about The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is that it's, uh, so it was, uh, it is a full-on 19th century folktale, uh, yes. published in 1820, so it's super fucking old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I love it because it's, it's such a classic, like, uh, folklore spooky story. And I think that's why mm-hmm. I really, really dig it. I love family friendly spoop. It's my yeah. favorite aesthetic. It really and it really is family friendly spoop. Like it's like it's it's just a very simple story of, you know, uh of a traveling or I don't even know if he was traveling per se, but he was uh, I think in the story he moves from uh Connecticut, I think, in the original story. But basically oh, it, but basically Ichabod is uh he comes up to um uh, countryside uh, of New York State to the tiny Dutch settlement of Terrytown, and then goes further. Oh, New York. Yeah, uh, Terrytown, New York. Yeah, and then goes further up into the t- even smaller town of Sleepy Hollow. So uh, these areas were uh, were mo- mostly populated by um, uh, what is the actual name of them? Like they're mm-hmm. uh, there's there's an actual name for these for people from here. They're they're Dutch. Uh, settlers. Oh goodness! Um, I just know that they're Dutch settlers. I don't know. What I thought there was like a them. name for that. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's fine. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, he's a. And the thing about Ichabod was that he's, and they get it. And and again, like this is a they the the cartoon itself does a really really good job of translating the source material. Because, yeah. like, the source material, uh, he's described as lean and lanky and ext- and extremely superstitious. And mm-hmm. in this film, like, in the cartoon, you have all these examples of him uh, being superstitious. So, like, there's, while he's walking down the street, like, and they sing the song of Ichabod Crane, because there's a, he has his own song. Again, all mm-hmm. sung by Bing Crosby. All the songs in this cartoon are sung by, by, by Bing Crosby. And honestly, mm-hmm. I am 100% on board. And again, I'm saying it's a missed opportunity by the Disney company to not have him do this more. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, I agree. But yeah, but like as they're describing Ichabod, he comes up to like a ladder. He almost walks under it, but then he stops. As he's reading a book, his face, his nose is in the book. He stops, goes around the ladder because, of course, it's bad luck to walk under a ladder. He sees mm-hmm. a black cat come come forward, which the animation for that cat was fucking cute and adorable. 
Loved it. Loved he's it. Just, he's just like trotting along with his face, just like his nose up in the air and do, 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 do. And then, and then Ichabod like takes his umbrella, the umbrella hook and like picks up the cat by its tail, turns it around so it doesn't cross in front of him because it, because again, it's bad luck to have a black cat cross in front of you. Right. And there's a scene, there's a sequence later in the cartoon uh, when he spills salt. So he takes a pinch of the salt and throws it over his shoulder. Uh, yeah. Just like the, the, these tiny little bits of detail, I thought were just really, really great. And it's cool because... I agree. Because, Good storytelling. Yeah, it's great storytelling. And the cartoon itself is only like, what, 20, 30 minutes? Uh, yeah, they're each... They're both about half an hour. Yeah, like it's not even that long. But the fact that they were able to do such a great adaptation of this folktale to the cartoon, I thought was just an incredible job. And I thought it was legitimately really, really great. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um... The gosh, basically, the, the story is very similar to what it is in the original book, just um, uh, trimmed down, uh, streamlined. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one kind of anti feminist joke about this uh, gross woman who really wants to dance with someone, but no one wants to dance with her, and she's fat and weird. And, um, and uh, you know, it's te- yeah, it's offensive, but will live yeah um yeah it's yeah. uh yeah and otherwise good yeah because of course um what's it called um uh bram bram bone bram bones uh, short for abraham yes uh bram bones uses the uses the character as like a tool to try and get uh, and this is much later after ichabod has like met this beautiful woman who's the daughter of a very wealthy farm uh farm owner and everything and so he's trying to court her and then so is Brom, and then he tries to use this the the quote unquote um, undesirable woman as a tool mm-hmm. to try and get hit to get Ichabod away from the beautiful woman. I don't know. Like you're right. It, it was kind of like, eh. um, yeah. Oh, fat girl, not appealing. <laughs> yeah. And um, but it's it's an old old joke. It's not funny. Yeah, it's it's old. It's 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 played out. Um, we're, we're super jumping. We're super jumping all over the place. Uh, That's okay. Okay. Uh, so. Reminder, I have a head injury. I'm doing my best. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's okay. It's just, I'm, I'm just going to try Sorry. and like mentally kind of get us back into, into this. Uh, yes. So Ichabod, uh, arrives in this, in the little town of Sleepy Hollow, uh, because he's being hired to be the new schoolmaster. And while he's there, it's interesting how they describe him because they describe like in the book, he's uh, he's kind of an all around uh, good natured helper. He helps a lot of the people with various tasks and chores. He helps watches the kids when they when like the parents can't watch them kind of thing. So he's kind of he's he's all around well known within the town and well liked. In the cartoon, they kind of allude to that and they kind of switch it up a bit. They make it that he's uh, he's a schoolmaster, but he's uh, he's more interested in the cooking of all of the other women of all the other families in the in the village. Like his his obsession really is food. And he's like, yeah, and he's like, yes, like, uh. At one point, he's sitting on his bed. He's eating a full-on turkey leg or something. And he has, like, a calendar. And yeah. in the calendar is, like... Because, like, the it, 
it all they they do a good job of making it seem as if he's almost straight up a player just like fucking around with all of these wives and women but you look at his calendar and then it's just like ro- it's like roast turkey dinner and like other like basically all meals mm-hmm. and because his obsession is food and i just thought i just thought that was very funny and oh uh, and like and kind of a little bit relatable for me just because i'm like oh yeah food mm-hmm. and like hey like if the if if hey if this if this kid's mom is inviting me over for dinner i'm not gonna fucking say no <laughs> uh yeah. yeah and uh so i i really did i did enjoy it and then like brahm and him and his like cronies or whatever like are trying to play pranks on him because they see him they see him as a threat because he's so well liked within the village and like yeah. all the women are kind of fawning and, and fawning and cooing over him which i thought was interesting Yes. Well, I mean, I have sort of an alternate take on it. Like, Brom Bones is obviously a bully. Uh-huh. Um, but to me, Ichabod Crane is obviously a gold digger. Oh, yeah. And... I mean, like, I'm not saying he's a great person. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, he um... definitely has, like, like I, I see I see that as, like, yeah, he, he, he is a little manipulative and kind of just uses people for his for his own benefit kind of thing and it it can be and can come up as incredibly biased yeah it's not just you know a bad thing happening to a nice person it's a dude uh being uh, complicated yeah that's all yeah yeah um and so like there's like kind of like this mini rivalry between ichabod and brahm and then you have uh the beautiful katrina van tassel who shows up uh, who is, uh, <laughs> yeah. as we said, is the the daughter of uh, Baltus Van Tassel, who is uh, this farm owner who's apparently very, very well off and is very successful. Yeah. Uh, she has no personality nor agency, but she's hot. But they kind of do give her a bit of a personality and agency. At least Tell I, at least I saw it a little bit. I don't know if you did. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm thinking about the dance sequence again. Tell me what you Oh, think. okay, the dance sequence. Yeah, yeah, Well, the dance sequence is the dance sequence. I feel like that was more of just a focus of Brom just basically trying to fuck over Ichabod, which he's been trying to do ever since the two of them. Because both Brom and Ichabod fall for Katrina and try and win her hand. Um, but the thing I really liked about Katrina... Uh, or is like in in the song they do a song that introduces her and like they describe her as like there's a moment when they describe her as like um i can't remember the exact words but it's like uh they basically describe her as plump yes which i thought was which i thought was interesting because it caught me because you don't normally hear that kind of description oh but you did at that time oh you did Yes. Ah. So um, plump used to be uh, more of a compliment, not meaning chubby. It was more she looks healthy and rosy cheeked and she's got curves in the right places. And yeah, no, it's Ah. it's meant the the meaning of plump has evolved over time. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because like when I when I when I thought that when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's that's actually pretty nice. It's nice that they're describing her in this way that doesn't that doesn't make her sound as if she's quote-unquote conventionally what should be attractive which is of course slim uh you know just slim right yeah and so i heard i was like oh yeah like you know i mean i i love me a plump girl like i know that and so it's like hell yeah so yeah i I, it it caught my attention because i thought it was i thought it was interesting i thought it was new 
yeah well i mean it's it's nice to hear now um and honestly it's it's nice then it you know it means uh, healthy and not waif like and all this yeah so yeah i still think it's positive yeah uh anyway and so katrina so the thing uh the katrina sees that brahm is trying to win her hand and like every other man in the village basically are trying is trying to get with her aside from the fact that yeah. she's she's supposed to be beautiful and is animated very 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 lovely Yep. But also she's the daughter of a very wealthy man. And so and I think this is definitely something that was very much of the time, because, again, remember, this was this story was written in the early 19th century. Uh, so it's like, oh, and she has money, which is also very good. Right. And so mm-hmm. all of these men in the village see her as effectively as like a target. And she is not dumb to that. She knows that she's like, I know people. Yeah. I know these men are going to want me. And so yeah. all of them come up and then Brahm is eventually kind of comes out as the as like the the leader or not the leader, sorry, as like the the headquarter. Yeah. And so she sees him. She's like, yeah, OK. And then there's a point in which they describe it as like she's kind of upset that like no other man is going to try and challenge Brahm for her hand. Mm-hmm. And then Ichabod shows up. And yes, of course, like his whole he, as you said, he is kind of a gold digger, and this is a, this is definitely a moment in which it's very apparent. Uh, his whole reason for going after Katrina, aside from the fact that she's lovely, is that mm-hmm. is that she's also super rich, yeah. and he's like, "Yes, I want that." And it's like, okay, <laughs> I mean, you could also just want her and not also her money. But again, I think that's definitely something that was of the time. Yeah, and not even of course, and not even of you know, and not even of the of the forties, but of the nineteenth century. Oh, absolutely. Right? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that the story is set in 1760, despite when it was written or around that time. But oh. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really judge the character for being a gold digger so much as it's obviously a, a um, conscious choice. He's not a virtuous man. He's, uh-huh. a, you know, a cunning man. Yeah. So you. You don't have to be like, oh, no, a nice man had something bad happen to him. It's like, well, you know, you reap a little bit of what you sow. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. And so basically this rivalry uh, comes up between Ichabod and, Bra- and Brahm. And, I mean, Katrina's loving it. She's clearly leaning more in the direction of Ichabod. But I think that's partly because, uh, aside from the fact that Ichabod is kind of succeeding in terms of outsmarting Brahm and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she sees him, I guess, as a more, as a better prospect. And so that, that was what I was meaning in that she, it, I, I saw that she did have agency and that she's not oblivious to what's going on. That's fair. Right. And so it's like, she sees these two guys coming for her again. She's fully aware of the fact that she's going to have guys try and come for her. And mm-hmm. she's like, and she ultimately whittles it down to these two guys. And she's just kind of waiting to see who wins it. And then is like, all right, I will choose you kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And so that was kind of why I was saying that I think she does, uh, at least I saw it as that, as that she does have her own kind of agency and is still very much her own and her own person. Uh, it's not perfect. But, you know, I think it's it's not bad for what it was at the time, I think. What do you think? Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with you. I I, I think it's great. Okay. Uh, 
so now we get to this big dance scene, uh, as we mentioned before, which happens on Halloween, and Katrina and her father host this big, this big uh, to do at the at their farm, and Ichabod is fully planning on proposing at this point, I believe, and mm-hmm. so they have the big party, and Brom uh, again tries to basically get Ichabod out of the out of the picture. But he kind of he kind of sees that Ichabod is succeeding once again because he's a really really good dancer and no matter what he tries, Ichabod is still coming out on top until yeah. he realizes Ichabod is incredibly superstitious. Yeah, and this is because he uh, throws the salt he throws over the, his left the salt shoulder. Over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Do you know the story behind that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know the story behind the salt thing. No. Oh, I do. Uh, you spill salt, and you have to throw it over your left shoulder because you're throwing it into the eyes of the devil. Oh, oh well, there you go. Oh, there you go. Uh, just a little fun fact. <laughs> well, it's it's good to know cause just because, like, I've I know for me, I've never really thought about it, really. Um, yeah, and so this is where Brahm sees sees an opportunity, and this is where he gets the chance to tell the story of the headless horseman. As Bing Crosby. As Bing Crosby, yes, because Bing does the voice of Brom Bones as well. Uh, and so all in all, it's very, very fun. This whole sequence is great. It's very fun because, like, everyone's loving the story because, like, it's Halloween. It's a spooky story. It's great to talk. It's great to, to do that. Uh, Katrina is loving it. She's loving the story and everything. Meanwhile, Ichabod is fucking terrified. He's literally shaking. There's a moment where he's trying to pour. It looks like a coffee, but it's probably a tea. He's, like, pouring himself a drink into, like, a cup. And then it, like, he's he's so terrified. He's, like, shaking and it's spilling yeah. and all this other stuff. It's just very, very funny. It's very great. Um, and then he gets thoroughly scared. And then the party ends. Ichabod leaves. So Ichabod is on his way home by himself at night on his horse. And this is where the whole mood changes. Because up until now, it's been a very fun, very cute story. You know, oh, two rival gentlemen are going, are seeking the hand of this lady. Uh, You know, we've kind of come to enjoy the character of Ichabod. He's very silly. He's flawed, but he's cute. Uh, We like, we're, we're all happy and everything is great. And then everything changes because, I don't know if you noticed it, but there's like no music. Yeah, While, you're right. When he's when he's trotting down when he's trotting down the path with his horse, there's it's silent except for the ambient noise of like the forest and the wind, and Ichabod is like whistling just to try and keep himself from freaking out, and so like he goes through the forest and then like sounds in the forest begin to happen, mm-hmm. um, that are scaring him. You know, the sounds of owls and like things that are. Uh, there's like reeds that are bumping against a log kind of thing. Yeah. And so everything is, everything is scaring him. He's terrified. But the ambiance is so well done. It's like I, so I thought it was good. really unsettling, but not in a way that's going to really give you a nightmare. Yeah, or anything, exactly. Really well done. Yeah. Just the whole thing was super, super fun. You're sitting there and you're watching and you're like fully transfixed because everything is like, it's spooky, but it's like, it's not overly scary. It's just it, yeah. the whole vibe of this sequence was so great, and I loved it. It was very, very good. But yeah, there's like no music. It's just quiet. Like yeah, you, like oh, it's so you don't good. like you don't have Bing narr. You have you don't have Bing narrating really. And then suddenly, 
like he gets a big scare. He and his horse start to laugh and everything's like, oh, okay, everything's fine. We're all good, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly you hear a third laugh. And the camera pans (laughs) and there he is. It's the headless horseman on his horse. And then he starts charging them. And then there's a very fun little chase sequence where the horseman is like basically laughing and cackling and screaming at Ichabod. Ichabod is terrified. He's running around. He's trying to escape. And then he remembers that part of the story was he has to cross the bridge. And so he's racing towards the bridge. He's trying to get there. Somehow his horse gets turned around and it's all very funny. Uh, But that was the really cool thing that I thought about this this, uh, section of the sequence was that it was spooky and you're like, your heart is racing, but then there's comedic moments in it. And uh, it was just all very, very fun. I really enjoyed it until like near the end when, of course, he's crossing the bridge and then the horseman throws the jack-o'-lantern and then poof. And then something happens. We don't know. Because according to the yeah. story, uh, all that all that was left that was found was Ichabod's hat and a crush or and a broken jack o' lantern on the bridge. Yes. Now the interesting thing about this is in the original story, it is more directly implied that the horseman is Brom Bones. Yes. Um, yes. It's it's implied here in that his horse and the headless horseman's horse look very similar, but we don't discuss it. Um, yeah. So it, it's more ambiguous, but I think. Honestly, based on the character of Ichabod Bod Crane, who I think is very flawed, I think he uh, fled town without telling anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't think Brahm actually killed him. Mm-hmm. I don't think Brahm is such a bad guy. No, 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 um, no. Like he's definitely not. He, he, I'm, I'm, I'm of the, I'm of the thought that it was definitely Brom Bones, like in costume, like just wanting to scare him. Yeah, yeah. like Brom, he's out. Out of everything that happened in the cartoon, there is nothing that would indicate to me that Brom would actually kill the man. Yeah. Like, no, no. I, I don't think so either. No, it's it's silly to think that he would. Uh, and I mean, he's also flashing the sword around so much. It's clear that he could have if he wanted to just kill him, but he mm-hmm. just doesn't. Yeah, no. And it's just, yeah, no, he definitely, I, I agree. I don't think he did. I think it was merely just him playing the ultimate prank. On, yeah. on Ichabod. I think that was I think that I was agree. the whole purpose of the thing. Was like I agree yeah. with you. Um and then yeah, and that's basically like where the the story kind of ends. And then there's a bit of an epilogue in which it comes out that Katrina actually does end up choosing Brom. Uh and then there's like a thing where it's like, oh, uh Ichabod is said to be married to some uh I think they said like another a widow. Uh yes. A wealthy widow. A wealthy widow, and he's off living happy and all this other stuff and then that's the rumor that's the rumor but of course in sleepy hollow everybody is speak is talking because the it, the in the story the legend of the of the headless horseman is a very prominent story in sleepy hollow right mm-hmm. even though this whole story was made up but yeah. uh and so the people of sleepy hollow fully believe that he was taken away by the headless horseman yeah which, I mean. which i thought which i thought was just very very fun I think yeah no I think it's super fun and um, yeah I have no problems with the story I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I think this whole I think this whole story and sequence is great. It's very fun to watch. Uh, the animation is beautiful. The character designs are very very silly. As we were talking about Ichabod himself just being yeah. weird looking. Um, yeah. Yeah. All in all, I think this is just a really really good ending to this sequence of films to the wartime era. Yeah, I think I, I think it was a really really good film to close out on. 
yeah, I think it's just all in all, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Highly recommend it. There's nothing that makes it seem dated uh, other than the fact that the two stories take place in the past. Uh-huh. It's um, Yeah, it's only an hour and eight minutes long, including the credits. Check it out. Yeah, and the, and the Sleepy Hollow cartoon, like the Ichabod cartoon itself, I think it's also just a perfect thing to watch during Halloween. And I'm pretty sure they've yes. shown it on Halloween. Like, uh, like oh, I'm sure the they past. have. But like just that cartoon itself is just really great, cause, especially like for kids, because it's, it's spooky, but it's also not terrifying like yeah and ichabod is clearly silly to be so scared of everything Uh uh-huh right yeah it's yeah yeah, it's definitely that in that he's his one of his big character flaws is his his over superstitious nature Mm. and i think they did a good job of kind of giving us that all in all yeah no me too i loved it it was great me too. I, I I wish I had more to say that's constructive, but like honestly, they were both just really enjoyable cartoons. And yeah. You should watch them. No problems. Yeah, exactly. Uh so before we close out, one thing that I completely forgot about mm. uh in, for Disney News, speaking of spooky sequences. Oh <laughs> Yeah. So we, we completely Whoops. forgot about it, is the fact that uh in Disneyland, uh Snow White's Enchanted Adventure is officially opened. Uh, her wish. Sorry, her Enchanted, Enchanted wish. wish. Yes. Her uh, Her scary adventure is good done with. That's that's what it is, yes. Uh, <laughs> Snow White's Enchanted Wish is officially open, the brand new uh, Snow White ride. And they have, uh, and this was, uh, they had it open for the Disneyland previews. So some of the mm-hmm. cast members and their families were able to see it. Uh, there are now uh, videos of the ride through on YouTube as well, including, uh, and I'll link this video in the show notes, is the ride through side by side comparing the original Scary Adventures to the Intended Wish. Super cool. It is very very cool. So in terms of uh, differences, there are there aren't there are some big differences in that they included a lot more projection animations, yeah. uh, screens. Uh, no, no, not not screens. Uh, like actual like projections. Oh, you're talking about projection mapping. There's like a couple of screen moments, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I projection thought, mapping. I thought the screen moments uh, were actually quite good. I thought they were fairly subtle. Oh yeah, they're they're good. I just I I'm such a Disneyland snob. <laughs> I don't like screens and rides. That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and so like where uh, where it it's going to be hard to really describe the rides. <laughs> In, uh, like and how they compare uh like i said the the video that i that i'm gonna link does an incredible job of it because it literally has them side by side and so you're able to really see yeah. how the scenes differ uh, and i i really i thought i wasn't gonna like the changes because i again i love family friendly spoop but i think all the changes are positive yeah like they fully t- they just straight up removed the scary forest section and which was my favorite but it's <laughs> worth it I mean, it's great, but it's that's the part that really I think terrified people because it's yeah. fucking scary, man. <laughs> totally. Uh, but they replaced it with an entirely new sequence, and I can't remember for the life of me what it was. Um, but yes, again, we'll link it in the show notes. You y'all can take a look at it, make some judgments for yourself. Do you like the new one? Do you want the original back? Too bad you're not going to get it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and ultimately, like I think they did a good job of of it, like especially with the project with some of the projections, because there's a moment, w- there's a especially a moment, uh, where the the 
evil queen in her crone form is -hmm. holding an apple and the projection shows the apple change into that green goo and then like the whole area changes like into more into just more spooky spookiness and it's very very cool i i really dug that i thought that was very good i agree yeah uh, I'm happy to see more of the uh, prints. I, I thought it was interesting. They brought in some of the animatronic designs from the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train yeah. attraction. Yeah. But they work really well. Why Why mess with perfection? Yeah. I think it worked really well. I I really like it. I'm excited to see it uh, when, uh, when I can finally get down to Disneyland itself. And yeah. So mm. this was, yeah. So that's it. That's the episode. Yay. <laughs> we did it. We did wow. it. <laughs> Well, uh, what's we're, what's next week, Anwar? So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fairleth and I were talking, and it's 100% my idea because I've been wanting to take a look at this movie forever. Mm-hmm. But we are going to watch Song of the South. So, I'm... Yeah. V- I'm legitimately excited for it because I've I have been fascinated by this movie for ages. I've always mm-hmm. been fascinated by the controversy and I think because of that I've been like I really 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 just want to see this movie and really and really kind of get an idea of it. Um of course we're we're going to have some of our some of our black friends come on to talk about it because of course, you know, neither myself nor Faileth really have any we can't really do much about it we can't really talk all that much about it because we don't have that kind of perspective we don't and so we're gonna have some of our friends come on and talk about it with us and I'm very very excited uh we'll talk we'll talk about the movie uh I want to talk about Splash Mountain itself uh yes I have a lot of thoughts yes because of course Splash Mountain is uh is both a classic but also so sort of controversial right now even though it shouldn't be but you know it's fine whatever uh, it's all the animatronics are freaking broken anyway i just <laughs> oh my god i i mean they cool, break, get they, ready they break down fast it's fine um yeah Water all around it's just, yeah it's, oh. <laughs> uh so yeah so next week we're gonna tackle this this big boy song of the south <laughs> And I'm and yeah. I'm legitimately really excited. And the reason the reason why is because Song of the South was released during the t- during the wartime era. So it was released. Yes. Uh, I think it was in 1944. I want to say mid 40s is when it is when it came out. I believe. Oh, I, yeah, I don't actually know. Um, do a quick fact check on that. I shall. Um, 1946. Oh shit! Two years off. It's fine. I'm fine. Uh, so yeah, so 1946 it was released, uh, and so. I really wanted to talk about this movie because it happened it, it happened to come out during the time when we were already discussing this particular era that covers the 40s and this was kind of like the big big major one that happened uh during this during this time period right and so I really I just I th- I think it would be good for us to do our due diligence and really talk about it because mm-hmm. this movie I feel like doesn't get a lot of attention or nearly enough attention i think because people are afraid to talk about it yeah and i think and and this is just this is just a me thing in that i i have a personal feeling in that 
fearing of discussing certain certain subjects like this when it comes to uh maybe when it comes to race or when it comes to certain controversial topics like this the fear of discussing it i think is what lends to the negative impact of these things and it leads to you know negative legends and negative talks about things just because you we don't understand and i think it's important to talk about these things so that we can understand so that we can have a different opinion about things and a more knowledgeable opinion about things because Mm -hmm. you know you can have you can have your 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 face value opinion of a thing but then if you don't actually do the due diligence to do that research and to to look into it and be informed then i think you're just doing yourself a disservice i agree and like i think looking at something like something that like we already watched like looking at like saludos amigos or the three caballeros if you look at them at face value you're like oh these movies like and and we even discussed it like oh these movies are incredibly uh they're incredibly racist they're 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 offensive and all this other stuff but then you actually watch them and then you take them from a perspective of that you know myself as a as a latin person for example or the fact that these films were made in the early 40s where you know mm-hmm. nobody was politically correct at like yeah. in general Right. And so understanding that context, I think, is important because then you're able to really get a better idea. Yeah. But I mean, it also it's good to understand the insidiousness of like good intentions, which uh, I believe paved the road to hell. And Mm -hmm. uh, if you can understand why well-intentioned things are still really offensive and hurtful, Mm -hmm. then you can avoid making those mistakes yourself because most people aren't setting out to hurt people exactly yeah. and um <clears throat> yeah all we can do now in 2021 is try to be better than people were in 1946 yes which shouldn't be so hard it shouldn't you you would yeah exactly you would think it'd be very easy uh, um but and i think that's a perfect example or i think song of the south is a perfect example of that because like walt made that movie with the best of intentions it just yeah. happened to have been it, it just happened to to not be great in terms of yeah. like wrong choice yeah just wrong choice but regardless we're gonna take we're gonna watch it i'm very excited for it uh and then we'll talk about it yeah and then we'll talk about it and i yeah and then we'll see what happens i guess yeah yeah well on that note we'll see you next week yes bright-eyed and bushy-tailed yes uh yeah so see you all next week uh you follow us on the various sites of course as mentioned before facebook.com slash uh discast Twitter and Instagram. Uh, cast underscore Diz. Cast underscore Diz. Uh, like us, rate us, comment, uh, all that jazz. You know, if you have opinions, engage. engage with us if you have opinions. Uh, we're starting to upload images of the films that we are discussing uh, on the day of, as not just as to, as a way to advertise, but also so you can go in and you know give us comments about what you think. So please do that. We love the engagement. We love chatting with yes. with people. Uh, that's why we do this. That's why Fairleth and I do this in the first place, because otherwise all of this energy would just be talking to the walls, Just talking to the walls. <laughs> <laughs> I would just be talking to myself all the time anyway. So, yes. Yeah, so hope to see you all uh, next week for Song of the South. It's going to it's it's going to be good. going to be a wild ride. It's going to be a wild ride. I'm excited. Uh, all right. And we'll right. see you all next time. See you real soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>